bow with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending the Lord Jesus that we might have grace and mercy in time of need. We bow down and thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Mike. If you're here with us today, we're honored to have you. If you're a guest, if you'll take your Bible and find your place in Genesis chapter number 27. Genesis chapter number 27. We continue to look these days uh, at what I'm calling Family Secrets, Family Matters. I encourage you, if you've not picked up one of the... um, the bookmarkers, it has all of the various topics that we'll be looking at together. And I ask you to do that because there's so much material that we're looking at in Genesis that uh, I can't read it all and then make comments on the various places. So I encourage you, if you can, uh, get the, uh, if you're interested, take the uh, bookmark. You can read along with us and you'll find the places. And during the week, read through those Uh, that chapter that's generally listed there. And uh, as a result of that, you'll have a little bit better idea of what I'll be talking about. Maybe it'll spark some curiosity and you'll read some things together in God's Word. So good to see all of you here today in our 1030 service. Those of you who are online, I neglect sometimes to say we love you, we pray for you. I know many of you cannot be here with us and we miss you. Please let us know what we can do for you. If it's anything, please let us know we want to do that. For the sake of time, we're going to pick up reading in Genesis chapter 27. There's so much to be said here. This is a famous chapter in the Word of God. This is, uh, this is a chapter that we want to look in some detail today. We won't cover all the things that we can say about it. I'll choose some things that I feel like we need to talk about as we're talking and thinking about family secrets and family matters. So we'll pick up reading uh, beginning in verse number 34. Genesis 27, beginning in verse number 34. Genesis 27, 34. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Then he said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? This is Esau speaking now. Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright and behold now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? But Isaac replied to Esau, Behold, I have made him your master, and all his relatives I have given to him, all his relatives I have given to him as servants, and with grain and new wine I have sustained him. Now, as for you then, what can I do then, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. So Esau lifted up his voice 
and wept. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, how twisted is the family tree of sin. Oh, how twisted is the family tree of sin. Family sinful secrets abide in that family tree of sin. The sinfulness of fathers and mothers is the sinfulness of their children from one generation to the next. The generations of Abraham's family, that is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the generations of Abraham's family reveal that all in the family sin, every last person. Family sin has its varieties. Family secrets have their varieties. Everything from family favoritism between a father and a mother for their children, between their children, family rebellion and disobedience and dishonoring parents by children, family dishonor of the name because of sinful behavior, family deception and lies, and of course, family idolatry. You see, the twisted family tree of sin is real. And we're reminded as we study the book of Genesis, even among these great, great giants of faith, that in their families and in their own lives, they must deal with sin. Here we have in this family, like other families, there are some who are blessed by God because they trust God. In the same family with those who live a cursed life because they refuse to believe and trust in God. Today we read the story of the son who received the blessing from his father, Jacob. While at the same time we read these sad, bitter, emotional words of a son who was rejected and was not blessed with the family blessing. A son who received the blessing and a son who was rejected. But today our focus will be on the rejected one. Today we come back to consider Esau, a son who had no blessing. And the importance of it is for all of us today. So we think about him again today. And I point you again to these words in verse 38. Bless me, even me also, O my Father. Bless me, even me. Bless me, even me also, O my Father. So Esau lifted his voice and he wept. Our focus today, our focal truth around Esau that I want you to hear me talk about today is that Esau was a bitter, unrepentant, sinful son who expected the family blessing. Esau was a bitter, unrepentant, sinful son who expected the family blessing. And because of our time, we'll, we'll walk through the story together and make some observations. And I have four observations for you today that I'd like for you to consider with me. Number one, Jacob, Esau's brother, 
deceived his father, their father, Isaac, in order to receive the family blessing. Secondly, we'll consider for a moment Esau learns that his father blessed Jacob with the family blessing. He doesn't know about it. It's taking place. It's a secret. All of a sudden, there's this blessing, this secret blessing given between the father, Esau's father, and his brother. And he comes to discover it, and that leads to Esau begging his father for the family blessing, but he has sinful, selfish reasons for his request. And then we'll speak for a moment about an additional item that has to do with Esau's begging for the family blessing. He begs his father for the family blessing, but he he begs him not only from a position of sinful selfishness, but he does so without any repentance, considering or concerning his past life. The story of Esau and Jacob reminds us of the reality that takes place in the lives of families all over the world. Many who have followed Jesus wonder how one child can believe God and Trust the Lord and the other not. Well, you see, it's a matter of faith. It's a matter of coming to follow Jesus. Hear the same stories, grow up in the same church, do the same things, and yet choose to live in completely different ways. You see, first of all, Jacob deceived his father to receive the family blessing. So we go back at the beginning of 27 in verse 1. It came about when Isaac was old. His eyes were too dim. He couldn't see. He was blind. And He calls for his son Esau, and he says to him, Here I am, and he says, Behold, I'm old, and uh, I do not know when I'm going to die, so take your gear, go out into the field. Verse 4, Prepare a savory dish for me, such that I love, and bring it to me, uh, so that my soul may bless you before I die. And Rebekah was listening while Isaac spoke to his son. We don't know where they were. We don't know the location. Perhaps... Isaac, uh, perhaps uh, Isaac is there in the tent and he calls for Esau and Rebekah's doing something around the tent, but she hears the words. You see, God's promised will was revealed to Rebekah back as we looked at it in chapter number uh, 25. The promise was already made before these children were born as to what God's will would be about who would be the seed line for the coming of the Messiah. We read it in chapter number 25. Two people, verse 23, two nations are in your womb and two two peoples will be separated from your body. That is, Esau became a great nation of people in rebellion against God and Jacob became the nation of Israel, God's promised children. And one people shall be stronger than the other. But I remind you of this phrase. This is the phrase that we find and we see this pattern throughout the entire book of Genesis when there's the birth of multiple children. Generally accepted, it was the practice that the older is the one who inherits everything and not the younger. But grace says the older shall serve the younger. So God had revealed this to Rebekah. We most certainly believe that she spoke to Isaac about it, but Isaac still refuses to do what God said for him to do. 
So Rebecca says, and of course we know the story, she comes along and she has uh, her son Jacob dress up like Esau. He tricks him and then he blesses him. We read beginning in chapter 27, verse 22, Jacob came close to his father now with all the clothing and all the, with, with things on his body that would make his father think he was Esau. And he felt of him and he said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. And so he blessed him. And he said, are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. Jacob lied to his father. He deceived his father. And as a result of that, he was then blessed by his father. Look at the blessing that comes, verse 28. Now may God give you of the dew of the heaven and of the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you and blessed be those who bless you. So Isaac blessed Jacob with the family blessing, the covenant blessing to be passed to him uh, as Abraham received it to Isaac, now Isaac to Jacob. The blessing is given. The blessing is now done. You see, God blesses Jacob, the deceiver, and through his deceitfulness and his uh, sinfulness, we see here again the hand and mark of grace. The mark of grace. God's will, my friends, is done in our family's lives according to His own purposes. And every person, here is the will of God, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We live on this side of the cross, this side of the resurrection, this side of the ascension of our Lord as we're praying for Him to come again. So the will of God is clear. The first decision that every person in a family must make is to come to Jesus Christ, repent of their sins, and believe in Him to be saved. So you see, this matter of grace is all through the book of Genesis. Cain is cursed, but Shem in the place of his dead, uh, of the brother Abel who was killed is now blessed. Ishmael is rejected, but Isaac is blessed. Esau is rejected, but Jacob is blessed. Joseph's brothers are rejected, but Joseph is blessed. And Manasseh is rejected. The oldest of Joseph's children in Egypt, Manasseh, is rejected, but Ephraim is blessed. You remember uh, the, the story there, and we'll look at it in some detail when we get to it, Lord willing. Jacob crosses his hands and blesses them. He blesses them, and his son says, Father, your hands are the, in the wrong place. And he says, no, they're not. The younger brother shall be greater than he. That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. So Esau comes in. The blessing has now been given. Verse number 33, he comes in as we saw. And now Isaac realizes what has happened. The blessing has been given. He trembles violently and he says, Who then was this one that hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate of it and I gave it and all that has before me came and, you, and I've blessed him? He says, um, yes, this is Esau. Who was this? He says, well, I've blessed him and it, he shall be blessed. The blessing can't be taken back. The blessing on Jacob as the promised son with the 
covenant agreement of Abraham cannot be revoked or taken back. And then we find these words. Sometimes when people read these words about Esau, there there wells up in us this emotional sadness because we feel that Esau has been treated unfairly. We have this romantic idea that somehow Esau got a bad deal. That somehow it's all Isaac's fault and that Esau should have been treated better. When we do that, we forget all of the things that the Word of God has been teaching us about Esau, this natural man, this godless man, immoral man, who did not care about his family or care about the things of God. You see, he came and he learned about this, and then he started to weep. Bless me. He started begging. Bless me, even me also, verse 24. Bless me, bless me also. Verse 34, excuse me. Bless me, even me also. And he says in verse 36, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? And so finally we find that this bitterness, this bitterness for being rejected, he says and he plans to even kill his brother later. He says to his father in verse 36, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? This happens in families all the time. When there is division, when one child demands the same as the other, when parents in their favoritism have made promises they can't keep, but then they try to do it. All kinds of struggles and pressures, hatred, bitterness arise. So Esau learns of the blessing of his father on his brother, and now he begs for selfish reasons to be blessed. He comes and he cries out. These words as we read them, very powerful words, verse 38. Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me, O my father. And he lifted up his voice and he wept. He never cried for his sin. He never wept over his own hatred of his family and his family, what his family represented by the promises of God to Abraham. He never wept over the fact that he, in rebellion against his parents, went out and lived among the Canaanites and married Canaanite wives. He didn't care about any of that. He never wept over his sin. He never showed any shame or remorse. He only cried, he only wept because he missed out on the family blessing. Esau had an expectation because he was the older that he would be blessed. But that was not God's way. The older would serve the younger. We don't have an explanation in the Word of God why God chooses these things. This is the will of God. But he had an expectation. I'm trying to drive this home for you to think about. A false expectation. You see, Esau desired the blessing because Jacob had been blessed. Don't you have one for me? Esau was living in sinful rebellion. There's no no description. I tried to outline this very carefully last week as best I could about the rebellion and sinfulness of Esau. Esau was living in sinful rebellion and he he was asking for the family blessing. What What a contrast. 
You see, Jacob was put up to it by his mother and he did it and he shouldn't have done it and he sinned. But Esau comes in blatantly with all of his sin and all of his hardness of heart and all of his rejection and unrepentance and he asks for a blessing. That's the way. That's a picture of how people live without Jesus in our world today. There's enough of the gospel that's known in America and in other parts of the world these days that people have the idea that they can live in their sin and yet be blessed by God. There is the idea that we don't have to give up all the things we love. Well, we can kind of put them together. We can have a God part of our life and a sin part of our life. And we can live this way. You see, unsaved sinners believe God should bless them even in the midst of their sin. Unsaved, unrepentant sinners live with a false assurance that God will save them even while living in their sinfulness. I cannot tell you how many times and how many years I have sat with families who had no association, no relationship with God. The, The funeral man called me and said, they don't have a preacher. Will you come help? Of course I'll come help. So what do you say to these people? Well, you know, surely Johnny is in heaven. How do you know Johnny's in heaven? Well, Johnny did a lot of good things. Well, John, but he was a drunk and he abused his family. And he, but, but surely God would let him go to heaven so he can see mama again. And they can be together because, you know, Johnny loved his mama, but he didn't love Jesus. You see, the world has this idea. Sinners are caught in the misery of their sin. They're caught now. Now Esau is confronted with the reality, you're not to be blessed. Your condition has caused you not to be blessed. Bless me, even me. But but they don't reject their sin. Bless me, the, the unrepentant sinner says in the world today. Bless me, God, I'm caught in it. Even though I hate my family and I hate people and I mistreat them and I abuse them, bless me even though I will not forgive people and release them from their past. Bless me even though I'm not going to give up my pride and my arrogance. Bless me, I'm certainly going to continue to live in my sexual sin. Bless me, I'm not going to give up the things of this world. I like them. You'll just have to take me with my worldly loves. Bless me, oh, but I've got my idols. And I bow to them every day. I was somewhere, and uh, I don't listen to these songs, but I couldn't help but catch it. Uh, some, uh, one of the new songs of the day among country singers. This phrase just, I believe, summarizes just the way unrepentant sinners ask for God for for selfish reasons. I only talk to God when I need a favor. What? That's a popular song, I'm told. Lots of people go around singing it, perhaps because it's true. You only talk to God when you need a deal. You only talk to God when you need some grace. You're not going to change. You're not going to follow Jesus. You're, not, you're going to only talk to God when you get in a pinch, 
when the old thorny road and all the thorns of it are poking all through your body and there's misery and trouble all around you, you're only going to talk to God as if He is your waiter, as if He somehow owes you something, you're going to ask God for a favor. Well, we learn here that Esau begged his father for selfish reasons. Bless me, bless me, even me, bless me. Don't you have a blessing for me? But there was no repentance in his life. I don't have time to take you to the verse, but Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17 is a commentary on this story of Esau. Paul the Apostle gives these words to us, and many of you are familiar with them. And I just read them to you for the sake of time to show us what the Word of God says about Esau's real condition when he's begging his father for a blessing. Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that you do not come short of the grace of God. Listen, you know how you come short of the grace of God? When you're unwilling to repent of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody says, well, I'm ready to get saved, but are you ready to walk away from your sin? Are you ready to say no to your old way of life? Are you ready to turn your back and say, I will follow Jesus and no one else? See to it, I'm saying to all of you, my friends, I love you in the Lord. See to it that you do not fall short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble. You see, bitterness will come in a life of unrepentance. You'll get more bitter. You'll get more bitter. You'll become cynical. And you finally, like Esau, harden, harden up. Trouble and bitterness, and it defiles many people. And that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau. Esau God went on with his idolatry. He went on in his immorality. He went on living in godlessness while he's begging for the blessing. For you know that even afterwards when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. Crying because of your sin does not mean you've repented. Sadness in your heart because you got caught in your sin doesn't mean you've repented. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, the sorrow of the world produces death. The sorrow of the world, you know what you get? From, you know what sorrow does when you have sin unrepented? It just makes you a regretful person. Boy, I shouldn't have done that. Boy, I shouldn't have said that. Boy, I shouldn't have gone there. Boy, I shouldn't have lived there. Boy, I shouldn't have committed that act, regret, oh, sin always brings with it great regret and you may be in this room and you've absolutely been beaten down because of your regret. That's not repentance. Regret is not repentance. The Word of God says, 2 Corinthians 7.10, for godly sorrow leads to repentance. Godly sorrow is I see my sin and I am a sinner and I do not deserve the mercy of God, but I will, listen, I will turn from my sin and I won't do it anymore. I'm not going to say those things anymore. I'm not going to go those places anymore. I'm not going to associate with those people anymore. I am a new person. I don't care what they think. I'm not doing it anymore. 
Esau had no repentance for his sin. He never confessed to his father, my friends, that he sold his birthright. Maybe his father knew and didn't care. That's on his father. Esau sold his birthright to his brother as a teenager. He cut a deal. And he has the nerve to say to his father, this is the second time my brother's done me wrong. The first time, he says, the first time it was he took away my birthright. And now he takes the blessing. Esau wants the blessing, but he does not want to follow the obedience and the faith of his fathers. So what does Isaac do? It's a little sad to read it. He does bless him, but actually it's simply a statement of what's going to happen to him in the future. The book of Hebrews says that Isaac blessed his sons and told them things to come. He's simply saying, listen, this happens all the time. A mother or father sit with a child and they say to a child when they're of age, when they're older, this is what I see coming from your life because of the way you live. This is what I see coming from your life because of the way you live. And here we see these words from this father to his son. Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling. And away from the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live. Verse 40. And your brother you shall serve. But... It shall come about when you become restless that you will break his yoke from your neck. So Esau bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. He lived his life in open bitter rebellion and hatred for his brother and all that his family stood for spiritually in relationship to God. And yet he wanted to be blessed. The Word of God gives us a very clear warning in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs tells us, the Lord fully repays the proud person. You can look into the families that are surrounding us. You can look in your own family and you can remember this. Do not be deceived. This is about your family. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, they shall reap it. Remember today, the only way to stop sin in my life, the only way to stop sinfulness in my life is to repent of my sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I remind you of several things here as we go. Here's what we must remember today from what we've heard. There are many things I could point out, but I'll give you these few before you here. Number one, the blessing of salvation in Jesus is for everyone. There's nobody left out. All of us sin, and we can all be saved by the grace of God. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you will confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. This is what we must say to our children and to our grandchildren. And one of these days, if God lets you live long enough to your great-grandchildren, this is the task of every uh, mother and father in this room, grandfather, grandmother in this room, the task of sharing the gospel 
with everyone in our family. Oh, well, they don't want to listen. That doesn't mean you don't share it. You share the gospel. And you live the gospel. You live in such a way that whether your children live for God or not, they know. They know that you love the Lord Jesus Christ and that you are committed to following Him. Salvation blessings in Jesus Christ produce family blessings. I'm not saying that every family that the mom and dad are saved, that everything in the family is perfect and there's no troubles. No. You see, the Lord uses troubles to help us to trust Him. Didn't you hear what the choir was encouraging us with today? In the midst of our brokenness, God has a way of coming and ministering to us, but He does it His way in His time, and we must trust Him. Well, i got to figure this out with my kids. You're never going to figure it out. God knows your children better than you do. He's known, them, he's known them from the time they were born in the womb. He knows their qualities. He knows their character. Salvation blessing, though, does come when we know Jesus Christ. And every spiritual blessing is given in Christ. Look, you may be one who is never blessed by your family. I, I knew a man who, who lived his life wishing his father would have blessed him, but he never blessed him. He just wanted his father to say a word, a good word about him. He just wanted his father to spend some time with him and make him feel like he was significant. He never got it, and he lived his life for many years bitter, cynical, and he treated his own children the same way as he had been treated. But one day... He came to know Jesus Christ. And when he trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, all of a sudden he realized, I must be a blessing to my wife and my children. I must be the one who... Why am I waiting for them to bless me? I'm going to bless them. When you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you sing the song, Brother Jeff, make me a blessing. Make me a blessing to someone Today, But I remind you now as we finish, there are going to be a lot, lots of people all over this world who will live their lives all the way to the end in unrepentance, just like Esau, and they will live under the wrath of God. Look, if I really believe some of the things the Bible says, it would change my motivation to tell people about Jesus. Here's one for you. Did you know that every person who does not know Jesus Christ right now is under the wrath of God? Did you know they're under the condemnation of God? Did you know they're under the curse of the law? Did you know that as soon as they die, if they do not come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be separated from God and from all of His saints forever in hell? Did you know that? Then that ought to motivate us and our family to do... It doesn't matter what they call you. It doesn't matter what they do to you. It matters that you share the gospel with them while you still have time. Unrepentant sinners like Esau, when their unrepentance goes without, when there's, no, when there's no repentance, you just get harder. That's why we read at the very end of, of uh, this story in chapter 28, what I read to you last time. Chapter 28, verse 6. Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to take a wife from, the, from Padam Aram. And that this was, the, this was the land of his own family. 
And that when he blessed him, he said, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. This is chapter 28, verse 7. And Jacob obeyed his father and his mother, and he went. So Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan displeased his father. This is what sin does in your life. This is what it does. It hardens you. You don't care what anybody thinks. You don't care what your mother says, your father says. You don't care. And Esau went to Ishmael, to the people of Ishmael, and married the daughter of Ishmael. The hardness of Esau reminds us of sin unconfessed leads to deep hardness, bitterness, and corruption that spreads all through the life of the one who is sinning. And oh, by the way, you don't sin to yourself. Your sin spreads to others. But the good news is, family life is blessed when Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of all. That's why we're told to teach our children the Word of God, the Gospel of God, and bring them up in the fear and instruction of the Lord. That is our task until Jesus comes. Esau said, bless me, bless me, O my father. Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Am I left out? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me out? And his father says, you'll live by the sword. And finally, you'll hate your brother so much that you'll rebel from him. And did you know that the nation of Edom, the Edomites, are the nation of Esau, they battled and hated the children of Israel for every generation. You see, what you do now has an impact on the generations that follow. When you're dead, what will somebody say about you? When your life is over, what will be written in the genealogy of your days? The great truth of the Word of God is that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord in whatever their sinful condition, no matter what their age, guess what? Shall be saved. Is anybody glad for the gospel today? To the praise of the glory of His grace. I love you in the Lord. And we must look at these things. The Lord is near to the door. If you know an Esau... If you've been one, you know what it's like to be gloriously saved. Today, whatever your condition, who are you in the story? Well, there is grace and mercy that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ.